please stay tuned for important disclosure information at the conclusion of this episode. Welcome to Investing Insights. I'm your host, Ivana Hampton. Today's discussion is going to take a closer look at some of the biggest market headlines of the year. 2022 started with the markets riding high before a months-long roller coaster ride kicked off, and it's still going. Morningstar Inc.'s chief markets editor and smart investor newsletter editor, Tom Loricella, is joining Investing Insights to talk about the highs and the lows. Tom, what a year has been. Inflation has dominated the headlines. What's Morningstar's take on what's been driving inflation this year? Yes, there's no question that inflation has been the big story uh, for for the markets in 2022. Um, much, much stronger pace of inflation than pretty much anyone uh, could possibly have expected, I think. Um, you know, the Morningstar take on this is that a lot of what has been uh, driving inflation uh, has been related to supply chain issues. So this is the stuff that happened during the pandemic uh, when the the process of getting things made and shipped and delivered um, just hit all kinds of snags uh, as there were worker shortages and it just fed on itself. Um, This created a real a real bottleneck in the economy that was a big part of why we saw big price increases in things like autos, for example. Um, and then we had, um, you know, knock-on effects from there. So even though inflation has taken much longer to come down than uh, pretty much everyone had initially expected, the the view from Morningstar is that these these forces are being reversed, that we're starting to see the signs of this already. And that, um, especially as we get into 2023, that those factors, those supply chain issues um, will begin to come down. Some of the other pressures that we've seen, such as in rents and home prices, that's already started to come down. Uh, We've already seen energy prices come down. And all these factors should finally come together next year to get inflation uh, trending more solidly downward in the Morningstar forecast as we go through the year. So what would it likely take to push inflation down to the Fed's 2% target and how long could that take? That's the big question. So as I said, you know, at Morningstar, the thought is um, that these forces are already in place and that it's just going to be a matter of just sort of month by month, a little bit of time um, of going through this process. The big question, um, I think, in the market's mind and at the Fed is um, the economy's still been really strong. Uh, we're finishing 2022 with an economy that is really cooking along. Um, the job market is very strong, and that's kept wages uh, very high. And there is the potential for wages, uh, particularly in the service sector, to feed through to inflation. So the key thing, um, the key variable, I think, that a lot of folks are looking at is the degree to which the economy does begin to slow down um, and to which um, in particular, we can get uh, uh, some of those service sector wage pressures to come off the boil a little bit. And that, over time, uh, will hopefully get inflation down to the Fed's 2% target. And the Fed, for a while, described inflation as transitory. Then it began raising its benchmark borrowing rate in March. What categories of inflation have the Fed focused on? 
Yeah, the, the the word transitory was the, uh, the the story for late 2021, and um, you know it's a it's a word I think that the Fed very much regrets using. A lot of folks um, uh, regret having that been out there in their own forecasts because um, yes, inflation uh, may have been transitory, but um, um, it's still taking a long time to come down. Um, the big the big thing the big focus right now is, as I said, on that service sector. Um, to what degree? Um, um, Will inflation start to uh, ease? Um, and you know, this is where it shows up. You know, it shows up in things like, um, you know, when we go out to eat, um, when we're when we're um, you know when we're shopping. Uh, there's there's it's not just the underlying prices of the goods. Um, it's the it's it's the costs of uh, keeping the stores staffed. Of uh, you know of of those are the costs that still need to come down quite a bit. Now you just mentioned keeping stores staffed. How does wage growth play into the Fed's moves next year? It's really the it's it's probably the biggest question mark at this point. Um, you know, we'll have to see. I mean, at this point, the most recent uh, reading on wages uh, in the monthly employment report was uh, it, it went the wrong direction. It's it's still high and rising. Um, so, you know, for 2023, that's going to be one of the most impact, important data points to watch as we get those monthly empo- employment reports. It's not going to be, you know, just the overall pace of uh, hiring and the unemployment rate. Um, but it's going to be those wage pressures. Now, if the unemployment rate uh, does begin to rise as the Fed and other economists begin to expect, that should take some of that upward pressure off wages off a little bit, and that should help the inflation outlook. So let's get into another big headline this year. A column titled, The Worst Bond Market Ever, recently appeared in Smart Investor. What happened this year with bonds? Yeah, this was unfortunately uh, one for the record books. Um, there literally has not been a worse bond market ever for investors. You know, when you look back at history, a bad bond market uh, would be something like you know down two percent, um, down three percent. That would have been considered a real, you know, real, you know, bear market in bonds. Um, we're down eleven percent so far, according to the the Morningstar Core Bond Index. That's an unbelievably large number for the bond market. Um, a couple months ago, those numbers were even worse. We were sick down sixteen, seventeen percent for the year. Um, and the story is just simply inflation and the Fed's rate hikes. When inflation is high and the Fed is raising interest rates as aggressively as they were from such a low starting point you're going to have these kinds of massive losses in the bond market. Um, it, it really, I think, you know, in talking to, to people in the bond market, and I've covered the bond market for a long time, uh, this is something a lot of folks never thought we'd see. Now, with stocks also down big this year, what has the plunge in bonds meant for investors' portfolios? Yeah, from an investor's standpoint, um, probably the, the the biggest story isn't just one aspect of the markets or the other. It's how it all came together. So we've got bonds down, you know, some 11 percent, and we've got stocks down 20 percent. Now, normally we hold bonds in our portfolios to act as some ballast um, against what happens in the stock market. The the assumption is that uh, if stocks are down. Um, you know, perhaps the economy is sliding into a recession and weakening, and that ought to be a good market for, for for bonds. So even if stocks are down, bonds are doing well, and you get that offset. That's diversification in a nutshell. 
that has not been the case this year. It's is it's it's been the opposite. We've had this very unusual set of circumstances where because of that dynamic with inflation, because interest rates were so low to start off, um, we've had both stocks and bonds down this year. So that means investors have really had almost no place to hide in the markets this year. Um, it's been a really, really tough year from that standpoint. One of the worst for diversified portfolios that we've ever seen. Well, how should investors think about bonds in 2023? Well, the good news, you know, the silver lining here as as we look at these losses in our portfolios is that yields are much higher. Yields are at historically attractive levels in the bond market. What that means is that you can earn 5 6% on a safe investment. Um, you don't have to stretch uh, into something that has a risk of losing a lot of money to earn, um, you know, some real return. And we're talking government bonds here. So you're going to get your money back. If you want to stretch into something a little riskier, like corporate bonds, you make even more. Uh, high yield bonds are yielding you know, around 8 9%. Um, those come with a little more risk. But the bond market is now offering yield levels that, um, you know, depending on what happens in the stock market, are very competitive with equities. Um, you know, there are a lot of folks um, out there, and we've written about this, who are saying that right now, bonds are probably a better bet than stocks. Um, you know, and and that's that's a very different landscape than we've seen in a, in a in quite a long time. Wow. Well, big tech names like Amazon, Microsoft, and Apple they led the market at the start of the year. So the current economic environment has pressured this sector. Can you describe why tech was hit so hard? Yeah, I mean, talk about some more eye-popping numbers here. You know, we've got Microsoft down 20 26% this year, Amazon down 47% this year, even Apple, um, such a stable uh, company, down uh, some 20% worse than the overall market. Um, you know, these were the stocks that investors had come to rely on as as being, you know, they're almost like a sure thing. Um, you know, their their products were ubiquitous. I mean, think Amazon is everywhere in our lives. Um, and those stocks had done very well for quite some time. So it, you know, but when the dynamic changed in the in the economy with interest rates rising um and the outlook for potential recession, um, these stocks were pretty expensive. You know, and everyone, all the investors, a lot of investors had the same idea. Let's move into these stocks. They're, they're such great companies, but they were expensive. So you had a combination of rising interest rates, which is um, uh, a negative for growthier stocks where a lot of the expectations expected earnings are off in the future. So you had rising interest rates, negative. You had valuations, um, a big negative. Those stocks were very expensive. Um, that combined to just lead, lead to be a, a, a terrible year uh, for, for big tech. Now, what is it going to take for tech to rebound? That's a good question. Um, and it's it's very much an open question. And, and almost unanimously in talking to, to people in the markets, um, what they're saying is people have to think about technology differently. Um, you know, in the la- you know prior to this year, um, you had what uh, some people referred to as sort of like hope and dream stocks that their expectations for for business growth um, were so high um, that the market that these companies really had to grow a lot to just keep up with their expected valuations. Um, there's a lot of great tech companies that are a lot of making a lot of money. As you know, I mean, again, Apple churning out cash. Amazon, very dominant, right? Um, even if they have a tough year, um, Google. I mean, these 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 are these are very very solid, stable companies for the most part. Um, but investors need to think about them a little bit differently. Look for look for technology companies that are 
profitable, that are churning out cash. Um, in a way, looking at technology stocks, perhaps more like you would look at a, at a value or a dividend stock. Well, another area that was riding high at the beginning of the year was crypto. Tom, do you remember the Super Bowl ads? <laughs> yes, that's always a negative sign. You know, that's that's one of those warning signs when you when you start to see Super Bowl ads about uh, financial investments. Um, it was a you know, a, I mean, it's hard to describe the the, the carnage in the crypt, in the crypto space this year. Um, and I think, um, you know, it's, it's disappointed a lot of people. Um, but then there were also a lot of folks who were out there saying, we told you so, um, this, this was always going to be a, a, a speculative investment, the way it was being structured and touted essentially, you know, you were buying cryptocurrencies with the belief that you're buying it because somebody else will pay more for it. You know, it's the, it's the greater fool theory in a way, um, I'm buying this because other people will pay more for it doesn't always work that way. And um, we're seeing what happens on, on in the reverse. Well, another article that appeared in Smart Investor laid out some lessons from crypto's implosion. What are they? Yeah, um, John Reckenthaler had a great piece on this. Um, you know, the, the first point of his was that, um, you know, w- we, we got a reminder of, of the high volatility inherent in crypto. Um, volatility works both ways, people forget. So we had volatility for years on the way up, um, there were huge gains, and now we're seeing what happens when you have volatility on the way down, which is the way people usually think of volatility. Um, so, first and foremost, crypto is volatile. Um, you know, second, um, it hasn't really turned out to be a diversifier in portfolios. That was something that 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 uh, folks had touted about crypto that it wouldn't necessarily be correlated to anything else in the markets. That may well be true, but it certainly hasn't helped um, anyone's portfolios from a diversification standpoint um, in a year when stocks and bonds are down. Um, event risks, um, we're see- we've seen this left and right um, with, um, you know, with, with the collapse of, of, of exchanges. Um, now, you know, we've seen, you know, uh, allegations of criminal activity. We've had, you know, so-called stable coins proving not to be so stable. Um, that, you know, another word for this is headline risk. There is a lot of risk out there in terms of uh, potential negative developments. And um, they all they all were just popping up left and right this year. And then last one is um, it's, it's similar in that you just can't avoid the dangers, um, that there are some real risks in cryptocurrencies. And um, you know, there's not a lot, not a, there's not a lot of places to hide uh, in the crypto market when things go wrong. Well, as we wrap up our conversation, what should investors watch for in 2023? Because I know your team's going to be tracking the big stories. Yeah, you know, the big story is really just going to be what happens with inflation. If you can tell me what, tell me now what will happen to inflation next year, I can tell you what's you know. Well, maybe not exactly, but give you a pretty good outline what will happen in the markets. So first and foremost, it's going to be watching the variables that go into inflation. Second, the degree to which we have a recession. Um, the, the the bond market is predicting that it's very likely that we're going to see an economic downturn. Uh, the, the, the Morningstar calls that we'll have a very shallow recession. Um, if it turns out that uh, the Fed Fed's rate hikes um, have to stay in place longer, or they have to go higher, and we end up with a deeper recession, um, that uh, you know the market's not really prepared for on the equity side, and so that that could have a have a big effect. So really, uh, it looks like another year where these big macroeconomic forces are going to drive a lot. It's not always that way, 
Uh, but we're very much in that zone right now. Well, Tom, we have a lot to watch for next year. Thanks for viewing this year with me. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. That was a great conversation with Chief Markets Editor Tom Loricella. Subscribe to Smart Investor Newsletter to read his insights each week. Also, subscribe to Morningstar's YouTube channel to stay up to date on new videos. Investing Insights is going on a holiday break. We will return in January with a two-part episode focused on creating a financial plan for the new year. And you don't want to miss my conversation with Morningstar Inc.'s Director of Financial Psychology, Sarah Newcomb. Thanks to podcast producer Jake Bankerson, and thanks to all of you for tuning into Investing Insights. I'm your host, Ivana Hampton. I'm a senior multimedia editor at Morningstar. Happy holidays. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of Morningstar Inc. and its affiliates. Morningstar and its affiliates are not affiliated with this guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. Morningstar does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered tax advice. Please consult a tax and or financial professional for advice specific to your individual circumstances. Morningstar Research Services LLC is a subsidiary of Morningstar Inc. and is registered with and governed by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Morningstar Research Services shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decision. 